Welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Tuesday night, January 5th. Big night of games to recap, Alex. Big night. Five-game slate. A lot of really good teams playing a lot of real shitty teams. Stinky um, slate. Stinky slate here. Yeah, not a great slate. There are still... It's 11.35 on the East Coast. There are still... Well, technically, there's still three games going on. One is over. The Nuggets are going to beat Hold the T-Wolves. the phone because D'Angelo Russell is in the midst <laughs> of a four-point play to cut it to seven with five seconds left. Yeah, for some reason, the T-Wolves down 10 with like a minute to go just continued to foul. But hey, after seeing what happened in the Pacers-Pelicans game yesterday and after watching the end of the Lakers game today, hey, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So just keep fouling, Ryan Saunders. Do what you feel is necessary for your team to compete. I know Alex, my co-host, is very big on teams continuing to compete till the very end. Yeah, I am. Very big. Passionate about it. Very passionate about that. Got another argument today about that exact topic that we'll avoid. Um, Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. But Alex is – so Alex is very happy to see the T-Wolves fouling to the bitter end even when they have no chance to win. Uh the Clippers are currently losing in the third quarter to the Spurs. They were getting beat by 20 at halftime. They've made a little bit of a run here, but we'll talk about it as we'll probably the game will be done by the time we get to a little later in the show. But it is a little it is an interesting trend that we're starting to see with this team that Kawhi sat and they lost by 50. And now Paul George is sitting and they're losing to the Spurs. They may come back and win this game, but they have not looked good so and then the the bulls and the blazers are at halftime we may not even make it to the end of that game but the game just really mat- does not matter so unless it's somebody bet on it i don't think either of us did right yeah i've got the bulls covering 10 got they got to cover or else i got to go put on the jabroni repellent shirt well they are down nine at half mm-hmm so that's good for you. So they're on pace to lose by 18. So not exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, but since the games weren't great and there was, like, I wouldn't call it news necessarily, but there was a story making the rounds today and has been circu- a report that's sort of been circulating around the NBA that I thought it's a very interesting topic to me. So I thought we'd talk about that a little bit before we talk about the five-game slate since – at least a couple of these games we're not going to talk about very much because there's not a whole lot to to really get into. Um, so a, a report from one of our favorites on this show, Brian Windhorst, came out earlier on Tuesday that there's been also there's been discussions and Adam Silver alluded to it a couple weeks ago, but there's been these conversations about will the NBA expand, will they add teams. It's been a conversation for a while now. Today, a report came out that the league office is eyeing a number around $2.5 billion for two new teams, for two new expansion teams. And the number, the $2.5 billion per team number came out. I guess what they, the math comes out to 100, if, if they were to sell, to, to get two new teams, the league would get $5 billion split amongst the owners. And none of that money is part of basketball-related income, so none of it goes to the players. So each team would get $160 million, which I guess would theoretically offset the losses that they've been incurring and the debt that they've incurred by having a season during a pandemic. Okay. So I guess that's where they're at with it. That's the explanation that's been going around out there. Um, and then the the two teams, there's two cities that are reportedly, Seattle and Las Vegas are the two cities right now that Seattle. reportedly would bid on the opportunity to have an ex- have expansion teams. Um, but I, I'm, I've been going back and forth since reading this on where I stand in terms of what this like adding two teams to the NBA because I see it from both. I I think I see it from both sides. 
but I, I feel pretty strongly both ways about it. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out in my mind where I, where I land, but I was interested what, where, where do you land in the idea of the NBA adding two teams? Yeah, man, I, I guess my, I'm pretty squarely on the fence. Um, but I know what you mean in terms of the pros and cons. Um, I, I mean, this would kind of to me be like the basketball version of inflation. Like we're just getting two more teams to get destroyed, which cheapens the overall product of the league. Um, but if these owners feel, well, that's the thing. I'm not worried about these. These owners are going to be okay. Uh, billionaires have actually made plenty of money during the pandemic. I mean, not across the board, obviously, but. I think most of these owners are doing just fine, so I don't really want to hear about they need $5 billion more dollars. Um, I guess it would also, in the long run, increase revenue because you've got two more teams selling tickets. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like the NBA is in a, good, a, a decent spot competitively, and adding two more teams to get abs- – I mean, those two teams are, are not going to compete for four to five years. No chance, you know, um, unless Kevin Durant goes to Seattle or something. I, I don't know, like – how that would work. But I, I think my initial reaction, because I obviously just found out today is against it, but not super strongly, you know, like, well, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree that the league is that competitive right now. Um, I mean, I think when you look around, you know, I was actually look thinking back on it. I think I'm 34 years old and it's pretty close to half my life at being an NBA fan, you pretty much entered the season knowing at least one team that was going to be in the championship. Like the league has never been, the league has never had that much parity, right? So like LeBron's been in the NBA, it's been in the finals for 10 years. So you, after like his first year or two, you kind of were like, all right, LeBron's going to the finals every year. So that's 14 other teams that automatically are not competitive. And then after MJ's first title, it was like, okay, well, the Bulls are going to the finals every year. So that's 14 teams that are not competitive. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the league is already kind of not that competitive. When you look at the top, like, 15 to 20 scorers in the NBA, there's, like, it's only split up. It's not split up among 20 teams. It's only split up among, like, 12 teams. Mm -hmm. You know, so from a competitive standpoint, I, I think there's... If I've been sort of since I was in the NBA, since I was working in the NBA, I have been strongly on the side of eliminating teams in term for competitive balance. I think the perfect number of teams in the NBA is somewhere around twenty six, just because there's just not enough talent to field. Look, there are teams that we we've discussed. The Thunder are not now they're doing it intentionally, right? But the Thunder are not a NBA team. They're not a competitive NBA team. And then when you look at teams like like the T-Wolves who lost tonight to Denver or the Grizzlies, one player for each of those teams gets hurt. And granted, it's their franchise players, but one player and they become G League teams, essentially. So it's like... And then you got, like, you got teams like Detroit and, and the Kings who are playing well, but we know they have no... Like, there's there's at least probably 12 to 15 teams in the NBA right now that you're like, not only do they have no chance of competing in the playoffs, they have no chance of being a playoff team. So there's not enough talent to add two more teams, 30 minimum of 30 more players to the league. It's just, there's not enough talent to go around, I think, from a competitive standpoint. And I think when you look at the early season, I always get in this fight with, casual NBA fans where they're like, I don't watch till the playoffs. Regular season's not good. It's not fun. I'm like, oh, dude, you don't like basketball if you don't like – I mean, it, it's just – just because it's not the playoffs and the game, the game, not every single – there's so many games. NBA basketball is the best basketball on the planet, even regular season basketball, right? So it's fun to watch. But like even these first two and a half weeks, they're not doing the NBA any favors with casual fans. It's blowout after blowout. They're like making the argument right now. And you could say some of that is that it's a weird season and quick turnarounds and all that. But part of it is that there's just a a lot of really bad teams. So from a competitive standpoint, I I would be against it. I I just, I I, I don't, I I don't see how it benefits the league 
from a competitive standpoint. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, the idea I'm about to propose would never happen in a million years, but I think it'd be incredible. Is a relegation system like say say I, you I trimmed it, say I'd you trimmed it to 26, it like you're saying. Sorry, sorry. You say you love that? Or you, I love it, but it would never yeah. happen because. Right that team that gets relegated would be so much better than any G League team. It would be stupid, and then they'd just be back in the NBA the next year. Right, but it would be... That's where they would get relegated to, right? I mean, that would be the number one way to eliminate tanking, is is if you literally are out of the league for a whole year if you finish in last place. Um, I just think it would be awesome. It's so cool in soccer, the storylines. Yes and no, because, like, I guess, like... The Thunder, for example. Would all those guys still get their contracts? Yeah, I think, uh, like, so let's say there was a 20, this is so crazy of a concept anyway, but say there's 26 teams in the NBA, and then we've got eight teams in the in the G League or, or you know, Tier 2. Everyone would be treated contractually like an NBA player. You know, it would just be kind of a divide between the two leagues. Like... Like, well, okay. Now, if we're talking about maybe doing like a 22 team NBA and taking the other eight teams and making like the B division, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, what I'm not, You're not mean. You don't mean like relegated to the G League. You're talking about making a secondary league, right? But you'd st- like in order to get it off the ground, you'd kind of make the better G League teams part of that. You know, there are like, no better G League teams. Well, the, sorry, I, I should say the G League teams in the bigger markets. I know there aren't tons. But of it doesn't them, matter. But, like it would be dumb to bring a G League. Like G League basketball is different. It, they're they're just not good. Like they they're not bad. I mean they're they're not bad. They're obviously right, but they have the infrastructure to start. But it doesn't matter it. if you took the bottom eight teams and then added in like four G League teams. Those G League teams wouldn't win a game. Right, but uh, like it's like putting a college all star team against an NBA team. They're not going to win. Well, I mean th- this scenario assumes we're adding two new teams, right? So how are they going to get their players? I mean, it, it's an expansion draft. I understand that. So, I mean... I'm just talking about if you were to do this relegation idea, which is obviously totally hypothetical. And awesome. And awesome. And you did 22 NBA teams and then an eight-team second division. You couldn't add G League teams to that second division. You just couldn't do it. G League teams are just not good enough. You would just have to have an eight-team second division. Okay. I'm. What I'm saying is, like, you take those market, like, the rosters, regardless of the players on it, I'm talking about, like, you, you have the bigger... I'm trying to think of... I mean, you no, wouldn't... No, you don't the, have to change the markets. You already have the team set up. You're just taking eight NBA teams and making them second division. You take the eight worst NBA teams, you're now the second division. Sorry, bubs. Okay, and, and you, you don't it, touch the G League, and then you... So you're yeah. adding two more of these expansion teams to Seattle and Las Vegas. Well, this is assuming that they ha- add the teams. I thought you were just talking about what I, what you'd like to see with... The, I want less teams in the NBA. Right. So, yes, sure. Okay, 22 teams. So if they added two expansion teams and you did a 22-team NBA and a 10-team B division where you could get relegated. Incredible. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. It's be never going to happen in a million years. <laughs> we can't even get... We can't How even, much time do we spend on that? We, we can't even get a 1 through 16 playoff. In the NBA, right. you know what I mean? So. Like, there's still divisions for no reason. Like, it's yeah. like the don't like there's that that will never happen. Would it be, it would be cool? Now, back to the expansion thing. From from a competitive standpoint, I hate it. Like, I just think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. And I think the general consensus for any sports fan, or per, probably any person, particularly during a pandemic where people are losing. I mean, I'm one of the people, right? Like, I got laid off. Um, millions of people don't have jobs. I understand that. So I think the, the common, the instinctual thing is to say, well, if we're just doing this so that the owners can make up their $160 million, I mean, the owners are going to be fine. And I, I understand that that's, but I think I've talked about this on here plenty of times and we've had this discussion. As much as it sucks to say, like the owners need that 160, they need it. Because at the end of the day, uh, no owner is losing $160 million. It's the people that work for the owner that are going to lose the $160 million. You know what I'm saying? So like when I worked at my former employer, a very big corporation, they lost a shitload of money because they were all based on sports. Like it was a network based on sports. There were no sports. They lost money. Well, the guys at the top didn't lose money. The owners didn't lose money. The shareholders didn't lose money. 
I lost money. I lost my job. So if adding two teams to the league, making $5 billion, spreading it out amongst the owners means people don't lose their jobs, uh, owners don't have mass layoffs, all this stuff, because at the end of the day, the rich people are not going to get less rich. It's the people below them that are going to suffer. So if this really is, if they really feel like they're struggling to a point where they're going to have to lay people off and all that stuff, I don't, for a, from a competitive standpoint, I hate it. But from a standpoint of saving people's jobs and, 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 and not to mention, if you bring in two more teams, then you're creating a ton of jobs too. 30 NBA jobs, mm-hmm. four more draft picks, two guaranteed first round life-changing contracts, a bunch of coaches, more opportunities, probably more G League teams. And then not to mention the cities, a city like Seattle, they got their team basically stolen from them. They could get a team back bring back a lot of money that's you know so there are a lot of positives to growth but as long as you don't cheapen the overall product yeah like well i guess the question becomes right now the league the league is already not that competitive when when you really look at the big picture there's only every year maybe five or six teams that you legitimately think could win a championship anyways so as much as i think Bringing two more teams in adds nothing to the product because there's already a bunch of bad teams. There's already a bunch of bad teams. So it's like, does it hurt the product that much? So that's where I'm on the fence where it's like, yeah, you're going to, if you're saving jobs and you're adding jobs and in this time, and if it's really that, because again, the owners, yeah, it sounds like to us, to like us pores, right? That Speak for yourself, man. I'm, yeah. Uh, that 160 no, million to an... No, like, but that a hundred that oh poor owner he he's losing one hundred sixty million dollars. Well, he's not right. He's he, he's fine. You're right, but everyone else is not safe. So if that's if that's what if that's what we need to do to get it back, then okay, I, I'm I'm on board for that. But I do think it's it's like from a competitive standpoint, it, it does nothing for the NBA. No, and and other than get worse, a team in Seattle, getting a team in Seattle, which it which is cool, or potentially. All right, see, you're very no, I was just trying to get the like, from you. Dude, you worry about your hair so much and now yeah. what you're doing with your hair makes you look like a fucking nerd. I know. I, I was waiting for the reaction. I, um after but anyway. I adjusted my headset and looked like someone from uh Beavis and Butthead. But yeah, so I'm Beavis. I'm on the fence about it, but ultimately at the end of the day it could be good. It's it's a good thing for people, for the people that are impacted by it it would be bad for the competitive balance yeah. of the league. I mean, the creation of jobs is like, that's, I mean, a really good way to look at it that I want to saving, really not even just creation, just saving jobs Save, potentially, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically like a stimulus for NBA teams if, in, in a way, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, that's okay. I, I guess th- things got to happen in these times, but it, um, I don't know. There's just so many bad basketball teams already, but are there any other cities outside of Seattle and, and Las Vegas that you would want to like, I don't know. I don't think I want a team in Las Vegas. I know they yeah, do a I, lot of NBA. They do a lot of NBA stuff in Vegas. Like they do summer league there and they do USA basketball there. So mm-hmm. it's already sort of, you talk about infrastructure. They kind of have us kind of have it set up. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, you know, it stinks for it. You know, like, I would think like if the Raptors were any good this year, that Tampa might have a chance because they seem to have a built-in infrastructure. But the Raptors stink, right? So really, that's, that's probably a done deal for Tampa. The games. I, Pat um, Mahomes, someone Pat Mahomes responded to a tweet like about two expansion teams. It's one of those big Twitter accounts asked like which city should get it. Pat Mahomes just put like a smiley face for K for KC. Well, I'm I'm assuming that's yeah. the implication. I don't know. I mean, I would. I mean, Seattle, I think, is the most obvious one. But I was wondering. I'm wondering if there's anywhere else. There's some something like Mexico City. Heard, that would be wild. But people in Oklahoma City love the Thunder, so it makes me wonder if you know another Midwest um, Midwest team could hit big. I don't know. Like, what about like Nashville? Do you think people in Nashville would embrace NBA basketball? I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this the state. I mean, they already have a, a team two hours away in Memphis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Nashville's a, Nashville's a, a, a cool city and it's a, sort of a younger city. So I think mm-hmm. it, a team would be fine there. Um, also don't they have the Titans? Like they already have a professional sport. Aren't, aren't the Titans in Nashville? 
Yeah, no, I'm just talking about. No, I'm saying so. It's a professional sports city, so yeah, Yeah, potentially it could be a good one. Um, I do think like a middle of the country city makes sense right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's probably better to avoid the coasts for any type of new big venture like this, just in Mm -hmm. case this, just in case like COVID twenty pops off or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) COVID (laughs) twenty one. I'm just saying, like, yeah, the the chances are. Like if something else pops off, it's going to start out here and work its way in and not be as bad on the inside as it is on the outside. Yeah. It's just it how... Sociology podcast now. Isn't that kind of how the science of the whole thing works? I guess. So I, you I would think saying. in the middle of the country, it's probably a little bit better. Well, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, the most populous areas are on the coast and right, then they right. move inward. Yeah. So whatever, get a team to Seattle. I guess it, that for that to come full circle would be cool. But it really would only be cool if Kevin Durant went back there. Yeah. And like Gary Payton. Also, and Sean so Kemp, weird. And Detlef Schrempf. <laughs> and Flip Murray. And Richard Lewis. And Ray Richard Lewis. I scored 100 points with Richard Lewis in NBA Lab 2003. Fun fact. So That is really a, relative, fun, right? a relatively fun fact. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything you got? Anything else on expansion? No, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I really am. But I do think overall, at the end of the day, it would cheapen the product a little bit, which I'm nervous about. Sure. No, I. I it, well, I mean, I I think for somebody who's a diehard NBA fan who worked in the NBA who loves the game so much, I probably talk a little too much about how bad some of these teams are. <laughs> like I talk right. about how bad some of this NBA basketball, but it's true. You got to be honest about it. It's just there's some really really bad product out there already, and. My uh, another big concern of mine before I move on, which I I'm glad I thought about this, is my one of my biggest concerns is if they're just expanding to expand and make money. I worry about the vetting process. Who are the owners going to be, and do those owners know what they're doing? And are those owners going to hire more shitty front office people and bad coat? Like if the if they hire good owners. Or if they not hire good owners, if they vet the owners and they have good owners coming in there that are willing to do what it takes to build a professional organization, then maybe it's fine because yeah, you can build an or I mean, if you build, there's so many bad owners in sports, so it's like, are we just gonna bring? Are we just trying to get five billion dollars and bring in two shitty owners just to make up the money, and they're just gonna have two fl- floundering organizations? Mm-hmm. That's that's a little bit of a concern too. It would be awesome because, like, who, who, who's trying to spend two point five billion dollars for a sports team during a pandemic? Like, the, but the Bucks like, are having trouble selling their team right now. Yeah. What if it was like a board of? I'm sure there's twelve guys out there. Well, two two point five billion is a lot, but if it was like a board of twelve NBA players that came in to, to buy, I mean, I don't know that there's that many guys that have two hundred fifty million dollars sitting around or yeah. two hundred million dollars sitting around. But that's not a bad idea. But I'd be cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I feel like this doesn't seem like it's that close to happening, but it was an interesting story. It, I'm sure more will come out about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's get to tonight's games. I think they're all pretty much almost done. Um, Clippers are down 12 in the fourth. Blazers are only up seven on Chicago in the third, which is interesting. Plus 10, baby. Yep. Uh, but let's start with the first game of the night, which was like the most devastating game of the night. Um, the... The the Nets uh, blow out Utah. This was my one bet of the night yesterday, where I was like, "I'm this is my lock." I basically called it. I don't. I didn't say I, lock. You, I don't think because I would have called you on the lock thing. Because well, I don't say lock, but I yeah. basically said like I said without even knowing what the line was. I'm taking Utah, mm-hmm. whatever the line is, which was minus four, which is actually kind of right where you had it pegged. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Dude, I'm a sharp. I told you, I'm turning into like a. Sh- I'm turning into like a sharp. Well, they lost by 34. So. Yeah, I know, but I won my other bet of the night, which didn't yeah. seem like a good bet. So, you know, I I know I understand line movement now. It's weird, clearly. Um, but yes, it's remarkable to me. A couple things from this game. Number one, Kyrie Irving is just. It's just like. You see him in a game like this, and you're like, how is it possible that no one thinks this guy is even like a top 15 player in the NBA? It speaks a lot to him as a person and as a teammate because there really aren't 
I couldn't – there's probably not more than five guys more talented than him offensively in the NBA. Yeah, raw talent. Yeah, when you're talking just about ability, like skill. Like, yeah, skill, like, like – his he just does. Bad, he just sure. can do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. But he is. But again, like he does this without KD in the lineup, coming off of three straight games where he shot like thirty percent from the field. This has been the story of his career where he's up and down like this. But then, but this game, I mean, he just he did whatever he wanted, and like the Jazz, they had no answer for him. They, they, just, they couldn't. It was just a blowout. They blew the doors off of him right out of the way, right out of the gate. I think they, what was the first quarter? It was like 35 to 18 or 14, something. 30, 35, 14. Yeah, I mean, that's a blitzing. And uh, yeah. no, I'm with you. Kyrie is one of like the most, you just don't know what you're going to get. You really don't. And uh, it's it's kind of one of the reasons I'd like to stay away from betting on the Nets because it's like he's just, you can't pin him down what he's going to do. But when he's on, he's, he's electric. Yeah. Just, now, this game, the other thing from this game is Jared Allen started. It's the first game started. Starting Jared Allen. And the question last, or I think maybe yesterday, was Steve Nash, first-year head coach, never had adversity before. How does he handle adversity with a team like this struggling in his fr- – well, the first thing he does is we are awful defensively. We've had five games where we are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. What does he do? Puts in Jared Allen and – not like Utah's like an offensive juggernaut, but Utah's offense was awful. No ball movement, all pick and rolls into ISOs. They couldn't do any they couldn't get to the rim. I mean, they couldn't do anything. Jared Allen, 19 points, 18 rebounds, three steals, made Rudy Gobert look average at best. Now, part of that might be Rudy Go Shaq might be just living in Rudy Gobert's head, and Rudy Gobert might be just yeah. totally on tilt because Shaq is just crushing him left and right. But still, Jared Allen comes in, plays 31 minutes. DeAndre Jordan, who, by the way, 10 minutes a game might be the right number for him at this point in his career. Like, he doesn't look great. And he, he looks like a 10-minute-a-game vet. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen played out of his mind. It's the first, like, big adjustment I think I've seen Steve Nash make in terms of tweaking the lineup and whatnot. And it paid off huge. It did. And Jared Allen was a guy we were talking about at the beginning of the year that kind of seems like he's betting on himself, right? And... uh you know, hasn't been getting the minutes you might expect in a player in his situation. And he goes out and has, like, as efficient of a game as you can have. Eight, eight for nine. 19 points on nine shots. That That's insane. Yeah. Um, 18 boards. Like, this dude wants his money, <laughs> and he's playing like it. Um, against, I think you've got to ride this out. you you got to stick with Jared Allen if he's going to play like this. Like, you well, have yeah. to ride I, this out. It, it's, it's, it was surprising that they didn't go to it earlier because he's been playing good all year in, in the minutes he's played. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, but it is one of those things where DeAndre Jordan is only in Brooklyn because Kyrie and KD are friends with him. Exactly. And he, they gave him a four-year, $40 million deal. So you have him for a few years now to sit on the bench making $10 million a year, which is not a ton of money. But it's still $10 million a year for a backup center to sit on the bench. The question becomes, is DeAndre Jordan at the point in his career, which I think he probably has got to be pretty close to where he's like, I'm cool with playing 10, 15 minutes a game for this young backup for us to win. I he think should, he, he's I probably think he pretty be, close yeah. to that, but he still did get paid. He still got a four-year deal. Right. So I mean, it's, you know, it's an, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But if Jared Allen is playing, I mean, he's not going to play like this. He's not going to go 19 and 18 every night. But, you know, as of now, you know, they only gave up 90. So they've been atrocious since their third game of the year. Since basically after Christmas, their defense has been horrible. Uh, and then they gave up 96 points. And really, it was even worse than that. Like, the only person who could do anything for the, I mean, they gave up 96 and Donovan Mitchell had 31. That's pretty telling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, they couldn't do anything now. Like I said, their offense looked stagnant. Um they're playing – they play two guys. This is the Jazz now. In Joe – in I love I lo- I actually love Joe Engel's game. And Bogdanovich is fine. But the I, same I, guy. <laughs> but I honestly think I might be more athletic than both of them. Yeah. Like they look like slow old men out there. Uh, it just doesn't seem sustainable to be a good team with the amount of minutes that they play those guys. Mike Connolly looks old. He's fu- He's okay, but he looks old. Um, you know, the, 
so this team is already going to have ups and downs defense or offensively. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they forced them into a lot of one-on-one and Jared Allen was a big part of that. Um, and then on the opposite side, you the Nets 68 points in the paint against Rudy Gobert. That's pretty absurd. That is. I wonder. So I didn't catch any of this game. I'm kind of annoyed that that I didn't. But maybe this is a one-off horrible game for Rudy Gobert. But it just doesn't make any sense for the Nets to to exploit the paint like that. But um, I'll point out another thing too. TLC back to the bench. Bruce Brown starts for the first time. Who? Yeah, we I, talked about him. Did you see? I don't know if how much you've actually watched him or seen him. He's like a little tank out there. Yeah, well, I, they were the, talking about on the broadcast how he was like a football star in high school, and it makes sense because yeah. he is yoked. So that probably doesn't hurt from a defensive perspective either to replace what Dinwiddie brought to the table. So, I mean, this is a huge win to right the ship, especially without Kevin Durant. But like you said, Steve Nash with some cojones and uh, some some tactical yeah. maneuvering that it, it's good to see if you're a Nets fan. Yeah, um, it's always good, especially to win a game against a team like Utah without KD. And in this fashion, too. Yeah, especially when you, what, they lost four or five? They had lost four or five, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have, they're st- and they, they still don't have KD for another four games. Mm-hmm. Look, th- this, is, this is just crazy how the NBA works, right? Yesterday, I was talking about how they're a game or two away from hitting the panic button. Now, without KD, they win by 34 and look great. Mm-hmm. So and guess what? That that is the sign of a good coach. So I mean, that's Steve Nash, maybe that's he, maybe he's on to something. Maybe that's fair. Got yeah. a good ride for the Nets in front of us here. Yep. Um, all right, Lakers survive the Grizzlies. Weird one. This is one of the weirdest games so far this season. I would say. Just did you see the end? I, I saw bits and pieces of the end, but I'm just talking about how like looking at the roster. Like, what are the Memphis Grizzlies doing hanging around with the Lakers? You know, it's just bizarre. Lakers just. Didn't look like they were playing hard. Right. They're just sort of like coasting. And by the way, they've won four in a row, which is tied for the longest streak in the NBA right now with the Sixers. So they're six and two. They're in first place in the West, and it doesn't even look like they're playing that hard right. or, or haven't totally gotten their rhythm. But this is the second game in as many nights where a team caused multiple turnovers in the backcourt in the final minute of the game to almost come back and win it. Like, this, the Lakers were up six with, with a minute left, and the Lakers turned the ball over twice in the backcourt. The Grizzlies scored, or excuse me, the Lake, the, yeah, the Grizzlies scored to cut it to two. And then, and then at the end of the game, with like 1.7 seconds left, Memphis didn't have any timeouts, but the Lakers turned it over again. Jesus. I'm looking but, at the, the play by play. But there wasn't enough time left for anything to happen. So the game just ended. But. Just sloppy game. Um, Lakers obviously survived it. It I was never. It was another one of those ones where like the Grizzlies stuck around even at a point in the fourth they were winning, but I never was like oh, they're they're gonna win. Uh, LeBron is just stupid. It's just like <laughs> when he decides to do something, it's there's nothing you can really do. Like he was hitting like these elbow fall away jumpers. He go the, the I think the the game the the shot that put them ahead by six was like a step back fall away from the elbow that looked like it had no chance of going in, That's and then the comes I back saw, yeah. then comes back down and just comes out of nowhere to blo- to go up and meet Brandon Clark at the top who is a freak, um, and block his shot like it's just. We could talk about him forever. We, we really could. He's 36. It was just a quick reminder. He's 36. Yeah. Uh, he He's a fascinating... This is a this team is so... They're, they haven't even remotely touched the surface of what their peak is. And by the way, they're the defending NBA champions. And they're in first place in the West. So that's pretty scary to think yeah. about. Uh, they're, like, they're not even playing that great. And they're 6-2. And... Two, and I mean, what what what's the equivalent of a seventy win season and a seventy two win season? Sixty wins. It's it's right around there. <laughs> yeah, um, it's probably fifty nine, fifty eight. They're going like to do that, I think. Yeah, they should do that unless they start resting guys. Like, they're, they're so good. Like Talon Horton Tucker played a lot of minutes. It didn't. His numbers aren't crazy, but he looks good. 
Schroeder still looks good. Oh, God, they're. So I'm saying Schroeder's only played with this team for six plus how many preseason games they have? And Three, Gasol, like and Trez, yeah. and Wes Matthews. I mean, it's. I still remember this be... team only had like five guys that returned from last year. Mm-hmm. Five. I well, two of them, of course, happen to be the two of the best players in the NBA. I guess well, that helps, the, the, what we like, said was the two best players in the yeah. NBA coming into the season. But I mean, um, that's just a, the 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 ceiling for this team is is absurd. Um, you know what's frustrating? I'm sorry, I got to go off on a tangent here. I had a parlay with an with the Spurs money line that would have won a lot of money tonight if it wasn't for the Nets. God, the Nets boned you. Oh my God! Yeah, the Nets they crushed me. Anyways. Yeah, the Lakers, it it's uh, pretty crazy how good they have a chance. Well, they are. Not a chance to be that they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Game we were talking about off the top. The Nuggets ended up pulling away barely to beat the T-Wolves. But um, the Nuggets still don't look great. And I told you, I think I was texting with you, I had some numbers on them that are, that are pretty jarring. Like concerning if you are looking at them, it uh, in terms of why they've struggled early on. They're three and four now, but this game looked like it looked like the T Wolves were going to win this game for what like forty two minutes, probably the last six or so minutes. The Nuggets rent. Yeah, they turned it on. Took 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 over. Um, coming into today, and I'm not sure that today will make a difference. Twenty ninth in defensive rating, twenty ninth in defensive rebounding. 29th in opponent's points off turnovers, 27th in opponent field goal percentage, and 26th in opponent three-point percentage. That's why I texted you during the game. It looks like they might really be missing Jeremy Grant more than we thought. Because you remember Jeremy Grant, the biggest one of the biggest things we talked about with him in the playoffs last year was he was a monster on defense. Yeah, he's everywhere on defense. He's and all he really can. Defense. He can guard one through four for sure. He um, hounds the perimeter. It makes your rotation – you not have to rotate as much because they don't have a rim protector. Hey, Bull Bull would, would fix that, but, it, you know, he still doesn't play. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, I mean, Will Barton's a good defender, but they really look like defensively they're missing Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I, and I think in the offseason we were kind of like, oh, they get Will Barton back. Hey, they signed Jermichael Green, but neither of those guys are, are close to what Jeremy Grant can do defensively. Um, and, and maybe the maybe Jermichael Green has can, can turn it around and, and – I mean, it's not like he's playing bad. It's just he's definitely not defensively on the same level as Jeremy Grant. But, um, you know, maybe he's just finding his footing, and this isn't as big of an issue down the road. But there's no denying it. Like, they've got problems on defense, mm-hmm. especially when your all-world player is just flat out not a good defender. Right. Um, because I mean, he had, that, a, I mean, he had 35, 15, and 6 again. Yeah, like, I mean, he's just so he, – he's unbelievable offensively, but he really – like, his defense is a concern for me. It always has – it really always has been. And but the pro, but the biggest problem is less about his. It, he, so here's the thing. Yes, his defense is a problem. But where I get concerned about their la, their struggle defensively is the fact that Jamal Murray looks like he's just like the old Jamal Murray, where mm-hmm. he gets you forty and then he gets you a night like three for seven for fifteen points. Yeah, like that's been his whole. That he's he's a little bit like Kyrie in that respect, where it's like he's unstoppable, and then all of a sudden he's not even existent. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy you if you're going to be if you're going to be last in the league in defense, he's got to average 30, mm-hmm. 25 or at least a steady 25 that's not right. up and down like 35 and 15 every once in a while. Right. He's only 23. It's the other thing. I I do wonder if I kind of like rushed this team just but I still think they're going to be fantastic. I just I don't really understand it. I mean, their defense is bad, but I feel like Michael Porter Jr. has been out for a few games too. Yeah. But I'm not sure that that's the difference. Right. I just feel like Malone can get this ship righted. I mean, he did, they looked absolutely horrible against the, the first round of the playoffs last year. Defensively, they looked totally lost for the first four games and then really mm-hmm. turned it around. So yeah. we know that Malone has what it takes to to get this team going defensively. Um, so maybe we just need more time time to see it. But it's a concern. Yeah. Um. By the way, Facundo Campazzo just continues to get minutes. We're still not sure if that's offending anybody. Um, if I mean, is. if it is, let me know. But until yeah. and also somebody... just just grow up a little bit. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, I love this guy. Uh, he 
and now he's playing crunch time for them. Like he was in their he was in their final five in this game. Played twenty five minutes. They said on the broadcast that he's the shortest ever undrafted, uh, undrafted free agent rookie signing or something like that. Which is pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Also, I was not. listening to the Denver broadcast, and I don't know if the announcers like him or not. Really? Because <laughs> they, unless I thought I was listening to Denver broadcast, but it was Minnesota. But the announcers kept being like, "He makes the these plays that he used to make in the Euroleague. He's not going to be able to make them in the NBA. Like he's got to stop taking so many chances." Like they kept saying it, but then everything he does is cool. Like. That's super weird because that's something that your broadcast team would lean into if you have this yeah. fun player. That's like he didn't, he has, didn't yeah. turn the ball over. I mean, he missed all. He missed a couple three. He he went over three from three. It's the only real negative. But like the way he his swagger when he's dribbling the ball and the way he passes the ball, mm-hmm. he's he's exciting, especially for. <laughs> I mean, to be five foot eleven and probably more like five ten, and be able to control the game with your passing like that is not easy when you're that small. Right. And I mean, at the highest level on the planet, yeah. I mean. He's a wizard passing the ball. Like, it's it's crazy. Uh, it's interesting that he's already getting crunch time minutes for them, too. But also, Michael Porter Jr. is not playing. So they went small at the end of the game. Paul right. Millsap only played 15 minutes. So that might have just been an adjustment for this game because they were struggling. Right. But it was cool to see little Facundo playing at the end of the game. Uh, I really, for the for the... T-Wolves. I I watched this whole game, right? And I was actually going to say, until I just looked at the box score, D'Angelo Russell looks like an average player. It didn't. I didn't even realize he had 33 and 11. Like, he just looks like another guy out there. But maybe I... I don't know. Like, I watched a lot of this game, and I was like, what is it? What happened to D'Angelo? Yeah, I mean, I he guess did, he had a great. I guess he had a great he, game, and I was just thirty-three and eleven. So he did. He objectively had a great game. Um, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to watch much of this game except for a little bit at the end. But um, he's, yeah, I don't know. I'm confused by D'Angelo Russell because I think two years ago I would have said like this guy is going to be an all-star. Like he's, and now, I don't know. I don't know if he's just an above-average player on a bad team or if. In the right scenario, he would be like truly great. A little confused yeah. by him. I I really like Anthony Edwards. I don't know if he's ever going to be like a superstar, mm-hmm. but there's just something about him. Like he's just fun. He has a fun attitude, and he's yeah. he is obviously he's a monster athlete and really talented. But like the one he went one for seven, but the one three he hit, I was like, well, damn. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, damn, this kid's going to be good. Like, yeah. It was it was pretty remarkable. Kawhi Leonard just missed a shot at the buzzer to tie it, so the Spurs win 116-113. There we go. Um, I guess we could go to that game. Yeah, and we can hit hammer home that it looks like they need Leonard and Paul George to beat anybody. Which is – it's weird, like right now, with with this team, with this Clippers team, you know, they don't look great, but they're still five and three. Um, and every time they lose, there's like an excuse. It's like, oh, they got blown out, but they didn't have Kawhi. They lose to the Spurs, but they didn't have Paul George. Um, they're up by 31 against the Suns, but the Suns come <laughs> back, but they still win by two. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's always something. But it, all these things, I again, I, it's just one of these things where it's like, it's like it, I feel like it's going to like – accumulate to where they're probably they they like we keep saying they're the second best team and they probably are just from talent they are the just second only best team. because of their star power that's it that's because but then this type of stuff keeps happening you're like how long can you consider i guess because the west is so weird this year they are by default the second best team but mm-hmm. i'll tell you what if the sun's going a little bit of a run here and keep winning games i won't have a problem saying it's the sun's if they keep playing the way they're playing, even though they lost to the Clippers, if the Clippers keep having this up and down play and the Suns can mm-hmm. put it together, because the way the Suns defend and their firepower, uh, they have a shot to be really damn good, and, better than I expected. And Devin Booker hasn't totally gotten it going yet, it doesn't seem like. Um, but He's just fitting into the team at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, no, but with the Clippers, it sounds crazy to say a team with Lou Williams has a bad bench, but I'm concerned about the Clippers bench. I, I don't think it's it's very good. 
Um, no, it's not. There was a point tonight. I, I'm I, you're, where they. It was in the second quarter. They were down by ten, and they had the lineup that was in the game was Luke Kennard, Pat Beverly, Terrence Mann, Avita Zubat, and Reggie Jackson. It's not good. It just isn't. <laughs> it's, it's just it's not a good team. I I think Reggie Jackson is below average at best. I just don't think. I mean, he's just. I don't how, how know. How dare you talk about a former Sam Presti draft pick like that? <laughs> Sorry about that, but I just don't think he's very good. Uh, Zubats is, you know, he's Jordan. probably the backup center on most teams. And then you got Lou Williams, who can heat up and score, but it, their bench doesn't scare me at all. Yeah, and uh, and I think that could be, uh, well, when you have Paul George and you have Kawhi Leonard, you're going to be a great team. It's just I I don't I'm getting less and less confident every single day that this team has any chance at beating the Lakers. I don't think they do to begin with, but like I think I mean, this they team haven't proven blown haven't, out by the Lakers. They haven't proven to be good enough to get a chance to play the Lakers. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they're living off of they have two of the most talented players in the NBA. It's that's right at this point that's all they're living off of mm-hmm. because they weren't Serge like Ibaka a dominant. They weren't like a dominant team last year. They got beat in the second round. And now, embarrassingly, and now they have these games where they just struggle, um, and it, it seems like they need PG and Kawhi to be at the top of their game every night, which is possible to happen uh, to to be a good team. Yeah, not ideal for these guys. No. Um, Spurs. About the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so funny how that works, right? Like, yeah. Teams win, and then we talk about the team that loses because that's that's always the story. Like when mm-hmm. it, but I will say, I think I talked about it yesterday. This kid, Keldon Johnson, man, for the Spurs. I think I mentioned the other day that he has a shot to be most improved player this year if he keeps playing the way he's playing. He only had nine points tonight, but 11 rebounds, four assists. Uh, just watching him play, he's a really good player. This is his second year out of Kentucky. Like, kind of went under the radar last year. Um, but... I mean, what is there to say about the Spurs? Not too much. I mean, it's just you know, Greg Patty Popovich Mills goes is like for twenty-seven, Pat- which is weird. Well, <laughs> he's just, he's getting more minutes now. Derek mm-hmm. Derek White is hurt. I think he broke his toe or has to have toe that's surgery. Shame, or I like him. he just got a nice contract, so that's good. But um, yeah, Spurs are very similar to the Jazz in the sense of like we just know exactly what they are. We just you know, it's not much to get excited about. Just, yeah, I mean, it, I will say, I don't know how good this kid Keldon Johnson is. Like it. That's something to watch. I don't think definitely. he's a star. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any stars on this team, but they just have a bunch of really good, like decent players. Yeah, they have enough to be the eight seed. I don't think they will, okay. but I think they have enough. It'd be like, a hell of a coaching job to get this this roster to the eight seed to sneak just, it on in there. Yeah. But I think it'll be more like last year where they just like they bet like they miss it by like yeah. a, like a few games. Well, they'll have a shot. They'll have a shot in this uh, seven, eight, nine, ten little tourney that they're gonna do. So I we totally misjudged this episode, the timing wise. Yeah, because my thought process be, behind starting the show today when we did was that Portland would blow out the Bulls, and then by the time we got fifty minutes into the episode, we wouldn't really have to talk about that game that much because Portland would be it would be over. It's a two point game with eight minutes left. Um. I don't know why you thought it'd be a blowout when I took them the Bulls plus ten. I mean, I don't know. Didn't you listen to me yesterday? Or? Well, should we talk about betting for? Yeah, yeah. Let's see what lines are up so for tomorrow. What? What? How did you do on your other bets tonight? I'm zero and two right now, and at Got risk it. of being in jabroni territory if the Bulls fall apart here. But um, I had uh, the Lakers so, to cover. So wow, yeah. What the hell? No, that's wrong. I thought I just fixed that. So here's the. Uh, Updated records at the moment. God. Sorry. This is good content. Um, there we go. There it is. That the geez, dynamic graphics, Joey? Or, yeah. I, yeah. I like, I'm 10 I like and 12. Doing, on the, doing things on the fly. The Lakers won but did not cover. Again, we said that was just a strange game. Like The Grizzlies are so, without jaw, are just so undermanned against the Lakers. But... Lakers win, don't cover, and then I was I was pretty confident um, the Nuggets were going to blow the doors off the T Wolves, 
and they 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 won, but it was um, only by seven. The line was eleven and a half. So yeah, Nugget, Nuggets are they're disappointing right now. They are, but it's still early. Yeah, I went one and one. Um, I actually had Minnesota plus twelve, so I want I got that one, and then obviously the Nets. I took Utah minus four, so I'm fifteen and ten so far right now in the season. Alex is ten and twelve, with the you, chance to be eleven and twelve very soon. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We may have to update that tomorrow because I'm not sure that we're going to make it another half hour because this game looks like it's going to take a while. Um, I so let's talk about let's do our bets for Wednesday night. Sure. You would think now. Here's the thing. You would think someone in my position. Someone who is 15 and 10 on the season who hit a five game parlay that was just so damn sweet already. It's pretty sweet. Would not change up his philosophy in betting because it seems to be working decent. But that's not the case. I'm going to take this big basketball brain of mine. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to combine it with actual gambling information. I'm going to see if I could take that 15 and 10, make it 18 and 10 tomorrow. I'm never losing a bet again. I did research. Not I, super I, extensive. With confidence like that, I don't see anything that could go wrong. There's just no, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that being said, do you want to do your bets first for tomorrow? Or you want me I to do because I'm actually liking a lot of lines here. Okay. Ready for this? And I'm not doing anything that you just talked about. Okay. I'm going purely off gut. Well, that's probably the best brain. way to do it. One I am most confident about is Pacers minus two against the Rockets. I feel pretty good about that. I got some numbers on that. Man. Um, I'm going to stay away from the Sixers-Wizards game, though I like the Sixers minus six and a half. I just don't want them to break my heart, man. You know, I'm high on them. <laughs> it is hard to bet for a team that you care about. Exactly. I'm high on them. I don't want to get pissed when they win by five, you know? Mm-hmm. Staying away from it. Okay. Um... I like the Knicks plus six. I like the Knicks plus six, especially after what I just saw out of Utah. They're coming off a back-to-back, or it'll be a back-to-back after a spanking tonight. And uh, Knicks look tough. Knicks look tough. So I'm going Knicks plus six. Going New Orleans minus eight because they're playing the Thunder, and the Thunder absolutely blow. And I anticipate them losing most games by more than ten. I got one more for you. I'm going Suns minus three and a half. How many reps do you have? Four? That's four. Okay. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to pop down four there. Okay. Big night. I mean, there's a lot of games. And I like all four of them. I was not too... Uh, maybe, I, maybe I was a little bit confident tonight too. But. These, uh, these spreads, right? Like we talked about yesterday, Vegas seems to be correcting, self-correcting in terms of like where to make their... their there's giant lines now. Yeah. So it's, get, it's getting hard. Like it's going to get a lot harder... So that's why I wanted to start doing some research, start figuring some things, like really dive in a little bit as the mm-hmm. season goes on to see what, why is Vegas setting things the way they are. Um, so I, two of my bets are the same as yours. Okay. I like I like Phoenix. I have Phoenix minus three and a half against the Raptors. Now here's where we combine the big basketball brain and Vegas in the research. Oh, I was gonna say heart. Okay. Wait, isn't the big basketball brain part of the research or no? Well, I'm talking about gambling research. Okay. Got it. Okay. Oh, so you're talking so, about X's and O's, basketball X's and O's with yeah, gambling. Well, yeah, right. Um, and this doesn't take much of a big basketball brain, this game, because the Raptors suck. I mean, the Raptors are just really bad. They're not good. So if you're betting, if you're just looking at the number and you're like, well, the Raptors were up 15 against the Celtics and lost by like 25 and Jason Tatum at 40, the instinct is, okay, and the Suns are, uh, we've been talking about how they're one of the best teams in the West already. It's instinctually you should. Phoenix is also 5-2 and two against the spread this year. Um, and in the two games that they didn't cover, one of the games, they were minus 3.5 and, and they won by 3. The other game, they were plus 3.5 and, and lost by 5. Wow. So... They're right there. Even when they don't cover, they're right there. Mm-hmm. So that combined with the fact that the Raptors suck, they're covered. I mean, it's a mark it down. Oh, almost let it slide. 
I almost heard the L word slide that's, there. That's a that's a market down. <laughs> okay, that's a market down, which is a significant tier below lock in my book, but it's important. Yeah. Um. Also, I like Pacers minus two versus the Rockets. Okay. Uh, so those are our two that are the same. Got it. Yep. Um. I like. I mean, I, I just think. Well, first of all, the Pacers are a better team right now. The Pacers are a better team. It's 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 tough because the Rockets are are at home. And they have the best player in the game. So, you know, in a two-point, to me, when the line is two points, you're basically picking a winner. Mm-hmm. It seems, I mean, it could be a one, one or two-point game, but you're essentially picking a winner. Uh, but I do think the Pacers are a better team, and I kind of think what we saw from the Rockets last game is kind of more like what we're going to see from the Rockets than the game before, mm-hmm. which is they just weren't great. But... Pacers also this year, five and two against the spread. Okay. In their five wins, they covered. In their two losses, they did not cover. If that makes oh, okay. sense. And you're, you're too, okay. And I'm yeah. banking on them winning. So if they're winning, they're also covering. Cover. Okay. Like so give that, me the Pacers. That, okay. That's a market down. That's a market. Wait, wait. Okay. Marking that down. Do you like this big brain? research mixture so far i do yeah it's mainly just against the spread records applied to teams that you like but well that's what we're betting i'm betting <laughs> against the spread i know i thought there's going to be advanced analytic type shit here but what is what's an advanced coming. gambling analytic I um i don't know i'll get back to you on that one but there <laughs> no it's gam it's re- gambling research um and then now this one this is outside the box you ready for this mm-hmm Hornets Hawks under two thirty one point five. Interesting. Okay. Um, lay it on me. Lay lay the research on me. In the past three games, that Danilo Gallinari has not played, the Hawks have not scored one hundred and twenty points. In the first four games of the season, they scored over one hundred twenty points a game. They have not hit the over. The total in their games has not gone over since Gallinari has been out, and he is out again. The Hornets okay. cannot score. They cannot score the basketball, but they are a decent defensive team. It is going to take the Hawks scoring a ton of points to hit the over in this game. I don't think they're going to do it. Okay, I'm, I'm with that because the Hornets are not good offensively. So well, that, Devontae uh, Graham looks like he has regressed potentially back into a G League player. Oof, that's, that's He's having awesome. a very bad year. Um, and that's a key to them being even remotely good, I mm-hmm. think. Which they're so, not. But the, but the uh, and I think, I think Bogdanovich is questionable. Rondo's definitely out also. Um, tell you right but, now, pull up but the Gallinari injuries. thing is interesting. Their offense has not been as good since he has been out. Yeah, Bogdanovich is day to day. So they've gone. Their the game total has gone under three games in a row in the three games that Gallinari has sat. That's good stuff. That's that's a market down. Market down. Um, what are we at? Bulls, man. You might as well. You might as well up update my my record to eleven and twelve right now. Bulls. Tied with the Blazers, three this and a half gonna, minutes if we left. Stay, if we stay on here till the end of this meaningless regular season game, we don't have to stay on for this entire. Then this is going to be one of the longest episodes we've ever had. No, yeah, we don't need to. Stay but on. that being said, there is only three minutes and thirty-four seconds left in the game, and it is tied one hundred to one hundred. Should we just live update and see how that goes? Honestly, I don't think anyone cares, cares enough about these two teams. <laughs> About these two teams. If this was Lakers, That's Clippers, true. or something. That's true. Well, there's we one person watching live. That person might care. If the, if the one but person that, live but comments, that one, that one you person, decide. That one person watching live could also just watch the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's on NBA TV. Um, yeah, all right. Well, you know what? This is a good way. This is a good cliffhanger. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you don't know the final score of this game, tune in tomorrow. We will update you on what happened. It's a hundred. It's one hundred, one hundred, with three minutes and thirty-four seconds left. Blazers are tied with the shorthanded Bulls. What will happen next? 
Tune in to the NBA Morning Deuce tomorrow to find out.